You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning, and this is Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. My name is Clarissa Alhantara, and I am your host. This morning, I'd uh, like to welcome two of my guests on the radio, Chelsea and Emily. Say hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, <laughs> in this time <laughs> of social distancing, uh, I am solo in the radio program, which makes me uh, it's kind of like a little eerie uh, horror story. It's like, who's going to come in? So both of my guests, don't worry if you're out there listening. Uh, we are social distancing. They are both in the comfort of their own homes, enjoying um, the work from home situation we've got. So welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what is the most interesting, just to kind of start us off this morning, what is the most interesting work from home situation or story <laughs> that is uh, radio air appropriate. I don't know if you have anything you want to share with our guests. <laughs> From my personal life? Yeah, yeah. Because you, sure. you have a cat at home. I do have a cat at home, yeah, and a husband. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. We don't. We have like a one-bedroom apartment, so um, we both have our desks kind of set up in the living room just facing opposite directions, and we kind of listen to each other work all day and it's kind of I'm actually in the bedroom right now because it's the close like the farthest away I can get so it's <laughs> not disturbing him but yeah so it's that's been interesting because we don't work together ever you know we have like different offices different jobs different fields and everything so it's interesting to kind of be see a little bit more into like what he does and what I do um yeah I also have a cat who prefers to sit on my desk in the morning um, and look at the birds out the window. So actually, it's good that I'm in the bedroom so the cat can have free reign on the desk right now. <laughs> nice. <Yeah>. Emily, <laughs> any interesting uh, co-working stories? Uh, yeah, so I also live in a one-bedroom with my husband. And uh, a couple weeks ago, when we first got into quarantine, uh, he decided that he wanted to build a hangboard for rock climbing in our uh, small one-bedroom apartment, put that together, and then... He had to move around the furniture to make room for it, but he can now practice. He does a lot of rock climbing normally, and the gym's closed. So now he has somewhere to practice, like, his grip strength at home. So that was an adventure. <laughs> that is a pretty cool work-from-home story, actually. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, so uh, Chelsea and Emily work uh, in the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation. Uh, do you mind sharing with the audience a little bit about uh, how long you've been working in the archdiocese, and kind of what what are some of the things that that your current your current function, I guess? Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm Chelsea Baldwin. I've been working for archdiocese now three years, two and a half years, um, which has been really great. I'm the senior coordinator for youth ministry, which technically um, refers mostly to high school kids. Um, our my main job is just kind of resourcing parishes and parish youth ministers to better serve their high school um, their high school parishioners. Uh, 
yeah, and it, it's been, um, it's really, I love it. It's super exciting. I came both from um, a Catholic like high school background, and I've been a parish youth minister. So um, this job is very like near to my heart because I get to um, like help other people help high schoolers, which is to me like the super important age in the church um, that we often overlook. Um, yeah, so a lot of like event planning, that kind of thing, and then just trying to figure out how we can best um, make our youth ministers and parishes feel like they know what to do, someone cares about them, they have ideas, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, and then Emily? Hi, I'm Emily Maxwell. I started working for the Arch in October of last year, so still under a year for me. Uh, I work a little bit with Chelsea and the youth ministry uh, side of things. I am doing youth and children programs for the Archdiocese. Uh, so a lot of that is working on different initiatives for children or youth. And right now we're working on MDI. And so that's a missionary discipleship institute that Clarissa is a big part of. Um, so working with seventh graders in some of our Catholic schools on how to better learn to be missionary disciples and then gearing up for Holy Fire in the fall, this coming October, and then working with Chelsea in helping support those who minister to youth all throughout the Archdiocese. Nice. Well, the 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 topic for this morning's radio program, and the reason we invited Chelsea and Emily on, was to talk a little bit more about how we're accompanying youth, especially in this time of coronavirus, and what, what that has really meant for a lot of our programs. I mean, for, for those listeners out there who have kids, and you know, especially if you're children are preparing either for sacraments or really involved in maybe upcoming service projects or service trips or even just regular attendees of like youth programs at your parish a lot has probably changed for you in the past couple of weeks and so that's uh, <laughs> probably an understatement but I wanted to just get a, a brief snippet of uh, Chelsea and Emily what are um, what are some before we really kind of dive into the deep dive stuff what are some things uh, that that our office has proactively been doing to kind of better accompany both parents and youth ministers or those leaders working with youth uh, during this time. Yeah, so it's been kind of a scramble, I think, for everyone. Um, yeah, for mm-hmm. us, I think is a lot of the same as most everyone's office. All of a sudden, you know, within like a couple days, they're like, okay, work from home until further notice and, and trying to figure out um, what that looks like. And then, of course, our churches are closed and religious education programming is done. Catholic schools are, you know, out for the foreseeable future. So any sort of like formal religious education where kids would be together, um, you know, events, uh, youth group, that kind of thing has all been canceled uh, because of COVID-19, which makes total sense. But um, we recognize that our young people like are still um, looking for the Lord, and this is still an important time in their formation. So how can we kind of move it to a digital sphere, which it's just a real blessing to have the internet at this point, right? Because otherwise we really have nothing. Um, so the Arch has been working to try and figure out how to take that formation online. Um, what does it look like to accompany our young people in a more digital way if, in this time of social distancing? Um, so we've been working on trying to get out to youth ministers just um, mostly like resources. Right now there's a lot of really great programs being offered for free that usually aren't. Um so how can we connect our youth ministers with, uh, like, good content? You know, there's a lot of publishing companies places that are now offering their stuff for free. Um, so how can we set up our youth ministers to see all that stuff? And then, of course, for us, the most important thing always is accompanying young people. Um, 
you know, our young people definitely need, uh, we know from the Gen Z research that um, this is one of the loneliest and most disconnected generations. And that, mm-hmm. that's how they felt even when they saw people every day, all day. And now that everyone's kind of stuck at home, um, just really trying to look after like the mental health of our kids. Um, do they feel loved? Do they feel like the church is a place for them even when they can't go there? So um, just really spend a lot of time encouraging youth ministers to reach out to their kids however they can. Um, make sure that they know that someone cares for them and that, um, you know, God is still present even in the midst of this really wacky time. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and um, take a quick break and then we'll hear a little bit more about the topic. Catholic Charities needs your help. Amidst the COVID-19 pandemic, Catholic Charities continues to serve those least able to navigate these extraordinary circumstances, the poor, the homeless, the elderly, and those with no one to turn to. The needs in our community will only grow in the coming weeks and months, but so will the resolve and generosity of countless individuals across our region. With your help, Catholic Charities will be there for those impacted with the food, financial assistance, and other support they need to recover and rise. Please visit catholiccharities.net and give what you can. A census is about to take place in the United States. It only occurs every 10 years, and it's extremely important that we all participate. Hello, I am Cardinal Blaise Supich, here to tell you that I recently signed a proclamation of support for this nationwide initiative. I signed the proclamation because I know how critical the census is to our future. The census numbers determine political representation and the allocation of billions of dollars of federal, state, and local funds. Underserved neighborhoods especially need accurate counts so they can receive their fair share of improvements in infrastructure and services. Please respond to the 2020 Census questionnaires. This is for citizens and non-citizens alike. All information is totally confidential and will not be shared with other government agencies. We all benefit from an accurate census count. Thank you for participating and may God bless you and your families.
Good morning, and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And this morning, our topic of conversation is how we're accompanying youth, especially in this time of COVID-19, and what that has meant for us as a church and, and some of the parents and leaders that we're working with. Uh, before we went into break, we were talking a little bit about uh, the Archdiocese and response and kind of how we're uh, accompanying and kind of creating things to better... Um, but to better minister to youth, and I don't know, Emily, did you have a thought or uh, a response to kind of you know what are some th- what are some things that we're currently doing? Yeah, I think along the lines of what Chelsea said, just making sure that all of these families that are our home now um, are supported while they're trying to keep going on processes such as forming their child for, for first communion or for confirmation, and so. We've been working on creating documents not only to help the catechists themselves better prepare their candidates for this virtually, but also to support the families in being more involved in that process. Now, as as part of the accompaniment um, in in terms of supporting resources, like are people also calling or are, you know, are we creating opportunities or avenues where, where people can like openly chat or, I don't know, communicate like in groups of ministers or leaders or anything like that? Yeah. The, um, we've been trying to make sure that people still feel connected to each other. Um, so I know each of the vicariates, which are the like regional areas of the diocese are, they all have their kind of, um, staffs headed by a bishop, and they're doing weekly phone calls uh, or Zoom calls, right, so they can see each other's faces and talk about, um, you know, just what are some issues that have come up, what are questions, how can we help you, and um, and actually we had one last week, too, just for people who work in youth ministry, and it was really cool. Like, um, it was just nice to see a lot of people all in the same, I guess, digital room, uh, people who normally, you know, live on opposite sides of the diocese and probably wouldn't come to see each other very often are all of a sudden, you know, having a conversation about how they, you know, how they found best to communicate with their teens or, you know, funny games that they've figured out how to play at home with their kids. And um, so that's been, that's been really cool to watch people just come together in a different way, like a different sort of community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any, like, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you go ahead. <laughs> it's, it's Sometimes it's hard to be, I mean, it's amazing to have the opportunity to be in studio, but then you... Don't really pick up on uh, body cues and if 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 or facial cues, you know. So I don't know if either of you had any other pieces to to kind of share. No, okay, awkward silence. Uh, I'm kind of. Have you heard? Have either of you heard it of any unique stories uh, yet of e- either of yourselves kind of in accompanying um, some of our leaders and ministers, or I don't know when they shared out their their kind of situations last week, if any interesting stories kind of emerged from there. I'm sure Emily's got something good. Um, I was going to say, we, in our youth minister meeting that Chelsea was talking about, um, we broke out into groups in that and got to hear from some of the youth ministers directly what they've already been doing to help support uh, and connect with their youth. Um, A couple great ideas came out. Uh, Someone created a virtual Stations of the Cross that they led their Mm. youth through, and so that was really great. Um, And then in addition, one of the other group uh, youth leaders was talking about how 
bigger group meets in small groups, and so they had continued to do small group Zoom calls, and then we're going to do a large group uh, whole youth group Zoom call. But they were challenging them to try to change their space. Uh, they were saying a lot of the times that one of the things that youth love about going to participate in a youth ministry is it's a safe space for them. It's different than their school space and their home space. And right now that's all one space with everyone doing everything from home. Mm-hmm. And so they suggested maybe going to sit outside if you live somewhere where you could do that or throwing all your pillows down in your closet and going there for the meeting. So really challenging <laughs> them to find a comfy space for them in their uh, smaller world that they're living in right now. <laughs> that's cute. One of my, um, I just seen one of my favorite stories was a youth minister telling us about like, you know, just trying to um, play just a funny get to know you game to kind of break up the, the serious stuff. And they did a like house scavenger hunt where, you know, he would name things and the kids had to go run around their house and try and find it and then hold it up to the, you know, like camera computer or whatever they were using. Um, And he said, you know, you've got people like, you know, one of it was like, grab a sibling, like grab a pet, you know, so people are like hauling things in front of the camera. And he said that, you know, a couple, he had a couple families that the whole family was helping out by the end of the game, you know, it started with the teenager running around and then it ended up being, you know, like mom and dad are helping to find like, you know, 20 paper clips or whatever the, assignment was so I just thought that's a cool way that uh, usually a kid would just be a youth group and do that in independently but now that they're at home with the rest of the family and the family sees and probably you get to see a little bit more closely into what their child experiences um yeah just a great opportunity right there for for bonding and conversation that is um usually not an offer you know usually not offered in the same way so yeah I'm wondering if some of uh, you really just kind of touched on something that I've I've found. I'm working with, like Emily alluded to, I'm working with a, a number of schools, uh, six schools in the Archdiocese for a pilot process with uh, seventh graders. And we mm-hmm. found that there are definitely a lot more ways to engage and involve parents, especially during this time, depending mm-hmm. on, you know, how the activity looks and like mm-hmm. what, what that might be. And I don't know if you're also finding the same with, some of the conversations or pieces that um, publishers and other organizations are recommending? A little bit? Not really? <laughs> no, I think so. I think um, I think it's really been a time when a lot of people have kind of embraced more fully that idea of domestic church, you know, um, that I, each family is called to be its own, um, its own domestic church, right, that, that the faith is the faith is nurtured in the home and um in our kind of culture especially in america we don't really have that same understanding a lot of times it's kind of like okay we drop kids off at church at the appropriate um formation for their age group and then parents you know go to the grocery store or whatever and we don't have to worry about it and now that um, everyone's home together and everyone hopefully is watching mass together on sunday you know we've got people making home altars we had well Claire and i had a colleague who was talking about you know a couple of weeks ago, he, he lined up his little children and made them, you know, had a little procession around their house. And um, so just the cool ways that this um, kind of isolation and um, stay-at-home thing has been, um, people have found these really beautiful opportunities. I know just even in our house, like, I've been trying to make a little home altar in front of our TV on Sundays for Mass because mm-hmm. um, it still feels very, very weird <laughs> to not be at church. Um, it still feels weird to watch it on television. So I'm like, okay, how can we make this, you know, even just lighting a couple candles and putting up an icon makes it feel a little bit more like a sacred space, but that's not something I would normally do, you know, on an average Sunday when we leave the house, go to church and then come back. Mm-hmm. So 
that's been cool to kind of hear people's stories about how they pray as a family and they don't usually, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Even like my parents who, you know, they don't have any kids at home anymore, but, and they're not super churchy, but they go to mass on Sunday. You know, they've been watching mass at home on Sunday and just hearing my mom talk about it's really funny. You know, it's just heard, heard my dad singing in the living room and (laughs) I don't know. It's a funny mental picture for sure. So it's also been a fun opportunity for these families to create their own Sunday mass traditions uh, because mm-hmm. they're watching mass and participating in their own home. And so like Chelsea said, some people are making a home altar or creating a sacred space in their home. I was talking to a family friend who is in charge of training the altar servers at her parish. And mm-hmm. she has a three-year-old son that now gets to dress up as an altar server. And he <laughs> acts out the role of the altar server throughout the whole mass. Uh, <laughs> since there's not normally someone in the video doing it. So that's been fun for them. That's cool. Uh, let's go ahead and take another quick break and we'll come back in a little bit. Oh, sure. Catholic Charity started in 1917, veterans were among our first clients. That work continues today. Each year, more than 20,000 veterans turn to Catholic Charities for support through a variety of services and programs. We provide vets in need with food, shelter, counseling, and more. Our job training program includes job readiness training, resume writing, mock interviews, and job placement guidance. Our supportive services for veteran families offer additional assistance as vets work to become as self-sufficient as possible. With gratitude, our veteran programs are based on the belief that as veterans faithfully served our nation, it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about our veteran services, call 312-655-7700 or go to catholiccharities.net. That's 312-655-7700 or catholiccharities.net. A census is about to take place in the United States. It only occurs every 10 years, and it's extremely important that we all participate. Hello, I am Cardinal Blaise Supich, here to tell you that I recently signed a proclamation of support for this nationwide initiative. I signed the proclamation because I know how critical the census is to our future. The census numbers determine political representation and the allocation of billions of dollars of federal, state, and local funds. Underserved neighborhoods especially need accurate counts so they can receive their fair share of improvements in infrastructure and services. Please respond to the 2020 Census questionnaires. This is for citizens and non-citizens alike. All information is totally confidential and will not be shared with other government agencies. We all benefit 
from an accurate census count. Thank you for participating and may God bless you and your families. Hello, this is Marie Jochum from The Voice of Charity. In all Catholic Charities programs and services, we try to promote healthy life habits among our clients. This includes our adult clients who are challenged with limitations and cannot be left alone during the day. We invite you to experience our three adult daycare centers and see the positive impact we have on the life of your loved one. At Accolade in Oak Park and at the St. Alby and Ada S. Nile centers in Chicago, you'll find stimulating individualized activities in a safe, protected, inviting atmosphere. We focus on each individual's strengths as each participant comes to enjoy friendships, stay active, and participate in daytime programming that includes breakfast, lunch, and snack. Caregivers and family members get a break while participants are served with compassion, competence, and dignity by staff and volunteers who are trained and experienced in working with adults with special needs. There's a modest daily charge, yet many Medicare Advantage plans include adult daycare coverage. Other discounts also apply. We often hear family members and participants say they wish they had known about Catholic Charities Adult Daycare Centers sooner. To learn more, call 312-655-7470. That's 312-655-7470. Good morning, and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And I'm joined uh, by my colleagues, Emily and Chelsea. Hello, are you still there? Hello. <laughs> Hello. Yay. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Uh, we're talking a little bit about uh, COVID-19 and kind of in how our response in terms of ministry and leadership has changed, especially those opportunities that we're working with youth. Um, I wanted to ask a little bit about... Um, this is usually the time of the show where we talk a little bit about scripture. And if there's any, during this time of radical hospitality and the time of technology, are there any scripture stories that are close to your heart that kind of pop up or spring forth from um, these last few weeks? Oh, that's a good question. I have to think about this for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am not going to, I know, I'm not going to get the reference right, um, but I know it's in Matthew. Um, Jesus talks about, uh, it's the, consider the lilies of the field, they neither sow nor they reap, um, yet they're heavenly, like they're arrayed more than, more beautifully than Solomon in all his glory. Like, um, you know, your father, the point of the story Jesus is preaching about is that um, God takes care of the flowers. God takes care of the birds. Um, and, you know, the birds never worry about God providing for them. Um, and so, too, we shouldn't worry. Uh, that's been, for some reason, just kind of like resounding in my heart in the last week or two. Um, the idea that, like, God knows us so well, knows every hair on our heads, and, and is constantly, like, accompanying us um, and knows, like, the minutia of our day. Um yeah, it hasn't like gone away or forsaken us, even especially because we don't, we aren't able to partici- participate in the sacraments. We aren't able to um, like see in person a lot of people or even like reach out and touch people. Um, yeah, that, so to me, that kind of reassurance um, of God's presence and care, uh, very individualized care, has been, um, yeah, very, very comforting for me. Hmm. Yeah. Emily, did you have a. Yes, I can't remember exactly what the verse is either, Chelsea, but... Um, <laughs> Good Catholics were like, it's somewhere in the Bible. I know. 
there's a part of Second Timothy that I always really like, and I don't even know if it's the full line, but it goes something like, God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather of power and love. Mm. And I just think that in this kind of scary and uncertain time, um, I've just seen countless ways of people rising above that and being so creative and helping others and just the good is really out there too. And in this time that might be scary, God calls us to rise above that and really come up with creative ways to love each other. Yeah. Yeah. How, uh, for either of you, how have those, those verses, um, shown themselves maybe in the past couple of weeks, either, you know, maybe a personal like story in your own home or just even in listening or accompanying some of our local parish leaders and local ministers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I've been thinking a lot about, so it's, it's been funny, like groups of people who I don't normally talk to, you know, I have a couple really good best friends who all of us live in different States at this point, and we have a hard time connecting. You'll probably see each other maybe once a year, um, and, like, little phone conversations here and there just because um, there's a lot of, like, between us, like, little children are very serious careers, you know, that make it very difficult. And about two weeks ago, we were able to have, like, a, a Zoom call at night, like, just the four of us and for about an hour. And it was just awesome, like, just laughing and talking. And we're all kind of like, why don't we do this more often? <laughs> you know, like, what is it about this? Mom, like, we really literally could do this, like, whenever. Um, just kind of a realization of... Um, you know, we, I especially just been like, I'm not as busy as I think I am. You know, I'm always like, I'm so busy. I have no time to do this. I don't have time to call this person or talk to this person. And um, so just the idea that, oh, I mean, life has slowed down quite a bit um, and really kind of forced me to think about, like, oh, what's important and why do I spend so much time doing this? And, um, you know, is it actually a good use of my time or is it me kind of just like filling time instead of making like meaningful connections with people? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's been kind of a, an interesting realization. Even just like my family has been doing, you know, my siblings and my parents and I do like a little phone call each week. And like, I'm like, we really could literally do this all the time. <laughs> Why don't we ever do this? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, that's not quite answering the question, but that's been my thought. Yeah. <laughs> Emily? Yeah. And I think for me, it's just been, I feel like there's countless examples of both big and small people Mm. taking courageous steps in love. Mm. Um, I was talking to one of my best friends who worked or just until recently worked as a nurse in D.C. And because of everyone not going to the hospital unless it's surrounding uh, COVID-19 right now, uh, on her specific floor, they didn't really see a lot of traffic. And so she was seeing things on the news about calling medical people to come help and support each other in this time of crisis and work if they can. And she felt kind of useless there. And so mm-hmm. as of today, she starts her new job. She decided to move to uh, Hoboken, New Jersey for three months and oh. do a interim period there working on a COVID uh, response team. Mm-hmm. And so that's I mean, a really big act of courageous love, but there's tons of examples of little acts of that, too. I know uh, one of the seventh grade classes uh, in the Missionary Discipleship Program uh, worked with um, one of the local uh, old people homes. I don't remember what the (laughs) correct name for that is, but they 
uh, wrote letters and they had families get involved. And so whole families wrote letters um, that the teacher mm. was able to deliver to them. And just mm. people who aren't as connected to others right now got to feel a little bit loved. Mm. Yeah, no, most definitely. Uh, we're going to take another quick break and we'll come back in a little bit. Thank you. nothing quite like participating in a virtual event and Catholic Charities has a great one for you to consider being a part of this spring. The 2020 Blossoms of Hope will take place on Sunday, April 26th. Attendees will log in free of charge from their laptops or desktops at home. Instantly, they will be connected to hundreds of the most compassionate people in Chicago. Blossoms of Hope will feature powerful speakers, moving tributes, and enjoyable online games, all dedicated to honoring those who have been lost to suicide. It will be the annual gathering of those who believe in and support Catholic Charities Lost Program that has been working for over 40 years to help survivors of suicide deal with the grieving process and move forward with hope. Experience how a virtual event can bring people together in the most inspiring way. To learn more, call 312-948-6797 or visit catholiccharities.net slash lostbrunch. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. There is so much waiting for you at Catholic Charities Senior Services. We offer programs and services to help make the most of every day. Friendships and fun are guaranteed at our drop-in senior centers. Our adult daycare centers offer enjoyment and greater supervision to seniors who need it while their caregivers get a break. Holy Family Villa provides a beautiful, safe environment for seniors looking for short or long-term residential facility. And we offer assistance with senior benefits, care coordination, congregate and home-delivered meals, hospital transition, and much more. For more than 100 years, we have accompanied seniors through every transition in their lives, and we are here for you now. Catholic Charities is a name and an agency you can trust. Call Senior Services today at 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM 
the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. We're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And we've been talking a little bit about how we're accompanying youth uh, and their families during this time of coronavirus and COVID-19 and what our our response has been. And so before we officially jumped on the call, I was checking in with Chelsea and Emily, the two guests who are on the phone here and not in studio with me. Uh, We were talking a little bit about the response and kind of where we're getting our information from. And considering uh, this kind of uh, ministry accompaniment hasn't really happened this way in large scale, I'm curious to know what are some of the responses or resources or documents that uh, the two of you have been involved in creating, especially around like sacraments or youth group or ministry uh, with the youth, whoever wants to go first. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually really excited because uh, we know from research, like this is the most connected generation so far. The kids who are in high school and college now um, have never you know, known a world without the internet or mostly without personal phones. Um, so to them, uh, communication, most of their communal communication is done on the internet is done digitally anyway, even when we don't have to stay far away from other people. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's cool to see um, churches actually be kind of forced to move in that direction. Um, we know that's where our young people are. And so like good missionaries, we should go where our young people are. Uh, so I'm interested to see like, I mean, I'm just excited that we are working on a bigger digital presence because the church doesn't always do a great job of being super present online. And now we're kind of you know, whether or not we like it, we have to be. And so I'm I'm just kind of excited to see, even after this is over, um, God willing, that the Church will hopefully continue to have, like, a really strong online ministry. Youth ministers are more comfortable with it. You know, we'll have, um, yeah, we'll just have policies in place and resources that people aren't so afraid of it anymore, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, also, I looked up the Scripture references that both of us talked about because I really wanted to know <laughs> Um, I was talking about Matthew chapter 6, which is what I thought, but I just wasn't confident. But Matthew chapter 6 and Emily was Second Timothy chapter 1. So for those at home, those following along at home. Thanks, <laughs> With their Bibles open as they listen to Lifelong Journey. Yes, thank you. Um, anyway. E- yes. Emily, what, yeah. uh, how about you? What, what would you say are some of the things that, that you've seen, and especially because I feel like you were working on some sacramental-type resources? Yes. So definitely, um, I think confirmation has been a big one that we've been trying to come up with some resources to help continue preparation digitally at home for students who want to continue to want to continue their formation uh, to try to prepare for their confirmation to hopefully happen soon after uh, our quarantine is lifted. Um, First, uh, digital formation and communication was a big Part of that, um, making sure that the catechists felt comfortable communicating uh, with the 
parents and with the whole family, their candidates. Uh, there's a lot, like Chelsea said earlier, a lot of curriculums that are putting out online components uh, just to help everyone kind of transition through this period right now. Uh, so most of their curriculums have great resources coming out. I know um, Decision Point by Dynamic Catholic was offering these engaging videos, so that was a good one that we recommended looking at if your curriculum uh, didn't have one out yet. Uh, and then just honestly making sure that the parents felt connected with the material as well so they could have conversations with their candidates about it at home. Uh, in addition to the digital formation communication, a big part of confirmation prep happens in going on annual retreats, um, participating in service or missionary outreach, and then just participating in the Mass. So we also tried to put together some ideas of how you could still do that while you were inside your house. Um, <laughs> so we have different films that you could watch um, for a retreat and then prayer resources to kind of pair those together. And then for missionary service, we came up with a list of ideas uh, that you could hopefully do from your home or as a part of your normal routine. Uh, some of this includes writing letters to elderly who can't necessarily go out or to first responders or medical personnel who are fighting on the front lines to help people. Um, in addition, collecting food. Um, when you go out and do your grocery runs, getting any extra food to donate to like a Catholic food bank um, or just any food bank, a lot of times, or sorry, right now there's a lot of people trying to make sure that they have the resources they need. And I think as a result of that, the food banks could definitely use some help. Um, I think something as simple as just making a treat for an elderly neighbor next door who can't necessarily go out and delivering it with a note uh, goes a long way. And then we talked earlier about kind of making your own Sunday experience of mass at your home and finding a live stream that you like and creating a sacred space in your home to go along with that. Yeah, no, those are all really great examples. We're going to take another break and we'll be right back. Where do you go when you realize that you or someone you love needs assistance at home? Where can you turn and know you will get sound advice that you can trust? Catholic Charities Home to Stay program offers competent help and peace of mind to seniors and to their family members. Our thoroughly trained professional caregivers provide companionship, assistance with seniors' basic needs, and help with light housework, all in the comfort of a senior's own home. Schedules can be flexible so seniors receive only the help that they need and want. Most of all, Catholic Charities has the name and reputation you can count on with more than 100 years of experience helping people at transitions in their lives. 
To learn more, call 312-655-7415. That's 312-655-7415. Make the most of each day with Home to Stay. A census is about to take place in the United States. It only occurs every 10 years, and it's extremely important that we all participate. Hello, I am Cardinal Blaise Supich, here to tell you that I recently signed a proclamation of support for this nationwide initiative. I signed the proclamation because I know how critical the census is to our future. The census numbers determine political representation and the allocation of billions of dollars of federal, state, and local funds. Underserved neighborhoods especially need accurate counts so they can receive their fair share of improvements in infrastructure and services. Please respond to the 2020 Census questionnaires. This is for citizens and non-citizens alike. All information is totally confidential and will not be shared with other government agencies. We all benefit from an accurate census count. Thank you for participating and may God bless you and your families. Are you cleaning out your closets this winter? If so, Catholic Charities would be grateful to accept any gently used clothing donations that you have. Winter coats, boots, sweaters, pants, hats and gloves in all sizes are always appreciated at this time of year in our community clothing room. Also needed on an ongoing basis are new underwear and socks for guests who come to use the shower facilities in our Pope Francis Ministries. And all types of professional clothing for men and women are most welcome in our Mary's Closet wardrobe. The special collection of dressier clothes is offered to our clients who are preparing for job interviews. Drop-offs can be made at 721 North LaSalle Street or at any of our regional locations. For more information, call 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. Thank you from everyone at Catholic Charities. Good morning, and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation. I'm here with Chelsea Baldwin and Emily MacDonald, and we are talking a little bit about uh, accompanying youth and their families during this time. Uh, before we went into break, I, Emily, you had mentioned something around parents and trying to get parents. Um, any interesting parent-related stories? or like It sounds like letters, collecting things. At Chelsea, I don't know if you have any interesting parent accompaniment ideas as well. Ooh, man, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, I don't know. I actually don't talk to parents very often. Um, I just know that. I mean, I feel, I feel for them at the moment just because they are trying to both work from home and also help their kids with schoolwork from home. And, you know, not drive each other crazy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I know that um, especially for our confirmation uh, preparation, people were really freaking out because confirmations are typically held in the spring. And we had, you know, April, May, those are the high months for confirmation. And to all of a sudden have classes canceled um, and trying to move everything online um, has definitely not been easy. And our, our DREs and our teachers have done a tremendous job just trying to get you know, regular formation up and running. Um, so, but I know that parents often are the ones like filling in the gaps, you know, right. So, you know, you're, you're not going to let your seventh or eighth grader bake cookies, hopefully without your supervision. I mean, unless they're just baking on a regular basis, but um, you know, that, that parents are the ones helping kids 
uh, complete the service work or reminding them that they need to, you know, log on for their lessons, that kind of thing. So parents definitely are the ones are the are the ones that make this work. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of like confirmation pieces, I wasn't sure. Our uh, our parish is just saying that confirmations might happen in the summer or fall for those. Uh, we we honestly have no idea. Okay. I mean, all the ones through April are canceled for sure. I don't know if they've made a ruling on May yet. Um, but honestly, just because no one no one has any idea of like how long this is going to last and this is so unprecedented, you know, um, I think it's just going to be individual parishes kind of deciding, you know. Well, when when can we get a bishop? When are our kids going to be prepared? You know, what is what works out for our schedule? Um, I know that's not like a very comforting answer for a lot of people, but um, we just we want to make sure. You know, I mean, no no one has any idea what it's going to be like in the future, so we're going to hold off. Um, you know, as soon as we try to make a plan, then I'm sure it'll it won't work out well. Um, so yeah, it just takes. There's a lot of moving parts to it, and I think right now the most important thing is you know, um, just staying home, being with your family, trying to do what you can to form your children. Um, and, you know, confirmation will happen when it happens. Um, but, it, you know, it's okay if it gets delayed another six months, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Emily, did you have anything that you wanted to add? I couldn't tell. I was just going to say not really about the timeline of when the com- uh, confirmations will actually happen, but it's just been kind of a great opportunity for parents who we know are actually the primary catechists of their children to be able to enter more like fully and realize, I guess, more in their role that they do have in forming their children. Uh, I think especially now that we're relying so much on how formation is happening in the home. Um, I think it always is happening, but just now that they're more aware of it and they're able to be more intentional about it now. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and take a quick break. Are you an attorney who's retired or semi-retired from your practice? Catholic Charities welcomes your expertise. Whether it's a dispute with a landlord, a concern about possibly being the victim of a scam, or an issue regarding family law, clients can feel alone in the complex legal system, especially if they are unable to afford an attorney. Our volunteer attorneys answer our legal advice line, offer one-hour consultations, and conduct legal seminars. They're dedicated to informing and empowering low-income individuals as they navigate civil law issues affecting their lives. Come in when your schedule permits and share your knowledge with grateful clients. To learn more about this rewarding volunteer program, please call 312-948-6821. That's 312-948-6821. Thank you for considering Catholic Charities Legal Assistance Team. 
This Lent, you are invited to participate in CRS Rice Bowl, the Catholic Relief Service's Lenten Faith in Action program. CRS Rice Bowl provides the opportunity to live out the Lenten practices of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, while lifting up the stories of our brothers and sisters overseas. 75% of funds raised through your generous donations will support CRS programs around the world, while the remaining 25% will fund Rice Bowl grants for local programs here in the Archdiocese of Chicago. To learn more about current Rice Bowl grantees and to access CRS Rice Bowl resources such as Stories of Hope, videos, and meatless meal recipes, visit archchicago.org CRS. Good morning, and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And I'm here with uh, Chelsea and Emily, and we're talking about accompanying youth and their families uh, during this time of uh, coronavirus and what some of our like ministries are starting to look like. Uh, where are some places people can find some good resources um, for, you know, kind of ideas for faith formation for youth? I know you probably, both of you probably have some some places that you've been looking at. Yeah. Um, so if you are working for a parish, even part-time, or you're a catechist or something like that, definitely want to reach out to your pastor, your religious ed coordinator, um, because the uh, vicariate representatives are sending out emails on a weekly basis, basically, of just like whole collections of resources. You know, there's so much good stuff out there. Sometimes it's a little overwhelming. So if you want a, you know, small list of like curated things, then that would be the way to go. And so just kind of Googling it, and getting lost. And um, both Emily and I are on the team that works really hard each week to put together, you know, the whole email list. So just to make sure that you're getting the kind of um, the good streamlined stuff, um, that would be my one suggestion. But also if you're just a parent who, you know, wants to make Sundays a little more special or wants to help out your kids, um, but, you know, um, they're not any sort of formal program at the moment, there's, <coughs> oh, excuse me, there's still a ton of stuff out there, um, depending on the age of your kids. Um, I'd recommend taking a look. Um, if you have high school teens, I would recommend taking a look at lifeteen.com. That's L-I-F-E-T-E-E-N.com. Um, they have a bunch of stuff both for parents and for teenagers, um, and they do a really good job. The production value is really high. Um, there's also, honestly, like Pinterest has a ton of stuff on um, how to make a home altar, how to do like Holy Week activities, especially for younger kids, you know, like things like free PDFs of coloring sheets and Stations of the Cross booklets that you can make. You know, actually, it was really cute. They had um, some PDF palms that you could print out for Palm Sunday. So I was watching, like, my niece and nephew color um, little palms for Palm Sunday to use at their, like, home church. And I thought that was really cute because all of us missed getting the actual palms this year. Um, so, yeah, those are my two. Those are kind of weird recommendations. But, yeah, contact your um, religious ed coordinator and see if you can get some of those resources that they're receiving. Um, but also Pinterest, uh, lifeteam.com is my suggestion. Awesome. Emily, any uh, go-to resources that you'd recommend? Uh, no, like Chelsea said, that um, pastoral email that your lifelong formation coordinators from your vicariate send out weekly has a lot of good resources. Uh, a lot of people are working on that to make sure that you're getting resources that are relevant to you. Um, I would say if you're a parent or an adult who just feels like they need some connections of their own and some support or just some community during this time of isolation, there are 
book clubs or prayer groups that are from oh, the yeah. archdiocese. You can go and find a link to sign up there and just have a one hour weekly or sometimes it's less than an hour for the prayer groups uh, place where you can go and have a little community in this time of separation. Yeah, no, those are both. I I love personally. I love Pinterest as a mom of a toddler. That's like my go to. But then I also, yeah, yeah, I know for everything. Uh, But I also think, you know, reaching out to uh, maybe, you you know, your pastor, whoever their vicariate person is or PVC or Mm -hmm. LFC, lifelong formation coordinator or parish vitality. Um, or even I, I know that there's some things on the Archdiocesan website, too. Um, yeah, I'm actually wondering, I'm like, maybe we should post some, I don't know if we how much we've been posting on the website of, like, all the resources we have. You know, maybe that'd be something to talk to our boss about later today. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much uh, for joining me this morning. Uh, and mm, again, absolutely. thank you to Chelsea Baldwin and <laughs> Emily MacDonald. Uh, do you have any, like, websites by any chance? Are we posting anything on our OLF websites or... Oh, gosh. No, actually, that's what Facebook. I was thinking about. Okay. I'm like, we have not been posting okay. anything. Everything we kind of send out via email. So, But that's something mm-hmm. we definitely could work at. It's not a hard, not super hard. And uh, Facebook pages, we have, uh, what's our Facebook page for youth ministry? This is so... We actually don't, I mean, we we don't really have one. We, I don't know if it's even still up or not. We just weren't entirely sure what we wanted to do with it. So for the most part, it's not, we don't have a youth ministry Facebook page. <laughs> okay. Um, Well, I know that for Lifelong Faith Formation, it's www.lifelongfaithformationartchicago.com, and you can definitely check out the Archdiocesan website for more information, especially regarding sacraments, and that's www.archchicago.org. Thank you again to Emily and Chelsea for coming on and and joining us today. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your days. Uh, Any, like, last words for the audience? Listeners, everyone, stay at home and wash your hands. Okay, uh, this is Clarissa. Stay, stay, stay healthy. <laughs> stay safe. Stay healthy. Enjoy your social distancing. I definitely enjoy the ideas of the home altar and the new traditions. And uh, I think my son and I maybe this weekend will be decorating some uh, our home altar, especially since we we do Zoom mass and uh, we have a baby gate in front of the TV. Uh, because if not, our TV will come tumbling down in the middle of mass. And so people come on and they're like, hey, uh, why does it feel like we're in a cage? And it's not. And uh, <laughs> so some of that, like when you're talking about home traditions, that, that for us has become like put the cage up so my son will not take the TV down in the middle of the Eucharist. But okay, I've stretched out the, the, the radio show long enough. Thanks so much, ladies. Have a good afternoon. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.